Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us here on the toll-free lines. 855-450-FREE is our number for you to take control of the airwaves. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. And Mark. And Aria. Uh, lots, of course, in the news to talk about tonight. On the way, Mark, you've got some libertarian tips to defund the police. There's a lot of talk now. All of a sudden, uh, after years of police violating people's rights, arresting millions of peaceful people for so-called drug crimes where there's no victim, uh, years and, and thousands of innocent people actually having their lives extinguished, destroyed, uh, put yep. out by the police. Finally, they've finally crossed the line with some people. This last murder that they committed, which I'm sure will be, uh, they'll be murdering again here soon enough in, in some place. But uh, George Floyd, of course, the most recent uh, known victim, has sparked off a lot of upset. Finally, the average person, it seems, cares about police abuse. And I was uh, I was talking with uh, an ex girlfriend of mine about this. Who is she was really happy that a, an old friend of hers has you know taken up uh, the protest against the police. And she of course felt like she was you know now everybody's coming along right. Like she felt like she was on the leading edge of this thing and was all alone. I'm like, well, that's that's what it's like being on the leading edge. You're usually out there alone. There's usually no one else around. It's just the few, the proud, the people that see reality for what it is and are speaking out against it and for a long time people thought we were crazy right people thought well, that people still think we're crazy well they still do but <laughs> at least on this issue there's okay. a lot more people who are going to have to admit you know those guys on the radio they were right about the police being out of control because now it seems like a foregone conclusion to people that now we're there where people are rightfully upset they're visibly upset. They want something to change. They're not really sure what it should be, and that's kind of where we find ourselves. And I think that's now. the real um, for me. I've, I've kind of kept my mouth shut during your little rant there. Um, uh, the for me, as far as the not knowing what to do, is to the government people out there. This is what it looks like when you ignore people's reasonable protests for years and decades. This is what it looks like. Well, something got like, set on fire. Well, I mean, as a result, that's why. Yeah. I mean, the reason is is because if government people would have come out and said that uh, you know the shooting of and I, I can't even list off the names. I don't have them sitting here in front of me. But mm-hmm. the the kid in Cleveland who had a fake gun. Um, you know the the gun owner in Minneapolis who was shot, and you know these sorts of things. Duncan Lemp shot in his sleep to death. A variety yep. of people where there's good complaints. Now, there's plenty of people out there that have been held up as virtuous saints who aren't. And I wouldn't even say that uh, this Floyd fella, a particularly uh, you know, great guy or anything, but he didn't deserve to die. I don't know why he wasn't a great guy. I mean, he had a counterfeit 20. Allegedly. And Allegedly. fentanyl in his system and did time in prison. I mean, what else do you want from this guy? Well, you did time in prison. Mark. I did do Does that uh, time make you in a bad prison. Guy? I don't think that you should die because you've done time in prison. I'm just saying, if these are the things that, like, if if the only thing about me was that I did time in prison, then that would be the the interesting and motivating fact. But at this point, I haven't seen the array of wonderful things this guy has done. I mean, people seem to like him, but I wonder if they just like him because, well, you're supposed well, to like him right now. 
Well, have you taken the time to research who he was and what his life was about? I just gave three facts that you didn't know. You gave facts, but you didn't. Did you take the time what else? to read about him? What have people been saying about their experiences with him? You they, know? People seem to say nice things about him. Okay, well, maybe he was somebody who was addicted to fentanyl who did nice things. Maybe, maybe he was. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not saying he's to, a bad guy. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. <laughs> I'm just not going to hold him up as a saint. I, I don't think anyone here is. I did use the term saint. I don't think anyone here is holding him up as a saint. I don't know enough about him to make any decisions. All I, I know is he was choked to death. And he doesn't deserve to die. No. He yeah. didn't deserve to be choked either. Well, I choked. I mean, he was he was suffocated, but choked isn't the right term. I mean, he was he had a knee on his neck. What, what term what, would you why use? Why is that suffocating? I don't know. It's an illegal, pol- uh, illegal police move. It's not suffocating. I said it was suffocating. Uh, but choking and suffocating okay, why, is different. Why is it that choking, though? I don't think, Usually like choking it. involves your neck area being restricted from sure. air passage. Yeah, and it, it seems some, like something intentional usually done with the hands or an implement. You're saying this wasn't intentional, that this man was no, pressuring I do not his think air that, passage? I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think we have enough evidence to say that it was intentional that he killed him. I do think it's interesting, though, well, that the police officer— How many times officer, does someone have to say, you're choking me, I can't breathe, before it becomes intentional? I think that that's an excellent point. However, I imagine people who use this technique hear it all the time. Because well, it, that's a technique they shouldn't use because yes, you can't been someone to. doing it. It's been outlawed. What do you want here, guys? I don't know <laughs> why you're saying the things you're saying. So what do you mean? I was just asking you questions about it. Okay. Well, why don't you ask me? Why are you saying the things that you're saying? Because I don't um, think that George Floyd is a really great guy. I mean, they didn't just get Gandhi here, you know? Okay. Well, he didn't murder anybody. I didn't claim he did. <laughs> okay. Uh, so so it, it now is based on who killed you as to how what kind of person you are? No. Okay. I said, I don't know what kind of person he is. I haven't taken the time to research it. To me, it doesn't matter. He was not treated as any human being should have been treated in that circumstance. The aggravated burglary that he had, uh, the, you know, that he was involved in uh, says to me that he needs to. When was this? 2006? So 15 years ago almost. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay. You got to work your way out of that. Fentanyl isn't the way to do it. Okay. Well, I mean, he hasn't committed he hadn't committed any armed bur- burglaries evidently since 2006. Uh, to be to be lauded. Okay. For sure. I mean, you've but had th- some alcohol I, since you got out of jail, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to judge the guy because he was on a drug that I personally don't approve of just passing a, a counterfeit 20 an ex-con passing an out, a counterfeit 20 while with fentanyl in their system doesn't speak to me as uh like the angels singing I don't it's think very easy it. to end up with a counterfeit 20 and sure. not even be it aware could of it. have been the case yeah. yeah but do you understand did he have more than one i don't know okay well, that, that would that, be revealing, right? Like yeah. if if they had, uh, you know, found the t- counterfeit 20 as like the store clerk was like, this looks suspicious and found that out and called the police. Then the cops arrested him and didn't murder him. Uh, and then we're able to go through the, the, you know, his billfold and found a whole bunch of counterfeit 20s. Well, that would be some more evidence that maybe this guy was actually involved in passing off knowledgeably passing off counterfeits i mean who calls the cops about a fake 20 anyway you know i've worked at plenty of places where i've taken money if You're somebody supposed to call comes the secret on, service about that really i yeah. just tell them hey man i can't accept this this looks counterfeit sure. be on your way okay that's well that's something to, to do that's I mean, one way to handle it but i've I never think known anyone that i've worked with we've, to call we've the read a story on it. the air where somebody got called the police called on them over a two dollar bill because the clerk wasn't familiar with them <laughs> 
Well, some people are... Uh, and yes, bills that person ca- was black. <laughs> cash <laughs> registers are not designed for $2 bills. Well, too bad. Yeah. You can put it under the drawer. Put it in the True, t- but then you got to remember it later when you count cash. True. Put it at the bottom of the ones. Yeah, because yeah, that, w- that won't make it worse. <laughs> that That's how it gets counted as a one. But you could pay attention to them when you're counting. Unless right. you got fentanyl in your system. <laughs> so, uh, coming up, Mark, you've got libertarian tips to help defund the police. We'll find out what that is. Is it Reason.com? Yeah, or? Reason.com. Okay, so we can talk about that. And then somebody popped this into our Discord server last night. And I'm sorry I don't have who it was uh, on the screen, but so thank you to whoever it was. Uh, from an Officer A.Cab. A.Cab. Former <laughs> bastard cop. Confessions of a former bastard cop. Written at Medium.com. He says, I was a police officer for nearly 10 years, and I was a bastard. We all were. This essay's been kicking around in my head for years now, and I've never felt confident enough to write it. It's a time in my life I'm ashamed of. It's a time that I hurt people, and through inaction allowed others to be hurt. It's a time that I acted as a violent agent of capitalism and white supremacy. Oh, God. Under the guise of public safety, I personally ruined people's lives, but in so doing... Did you read this ahead of time? ...made the public no safer... (laughs) So it's from a cop using a pseudonym of A Cab. <laughs> what does that mean, A Cab? All, All cops are, are bastards. bastards. Oh, I'd never heard that. Yeah. Really? One three one two. Well, what did you expect him to be a perfect libertarian or something like that when you heard the title? The toll free number here is eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can bring up whatever you want. It's a guy who's got some regrets about how he behaved, and I think that's worth talking about. It's Free Talk Live. Yes, it's Free Talk Live. You're invited to take control of the airwaves here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Intercoin's architecture enables programmable coins with a variety of applications. Merchants can add tags like books, food, or clothing to their products. And authorized users can see statistics on how the money was spent. Experts can analyze the local economy. Donors and investors can have more confidence. Everyone in the community can have real-time consumer price index to inform their democratic decision-making and address issues like rising prices or shrinking wages. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the Internet and and in meat space. We think that's important here on Free Talk Live, so important that we accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Incorporated for advertising. If you think freedom is important, too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. That's intercoin.org. As we continue here, it's Ian, Mark, and Aria in the studio tonight. Story from Medium.com, written by an anonymous officer calling himself A. C-A-B, a cab, which stands for All Cops Are Bastards, and indeed the title of this article is Confessions of a Former Bastard Cop. And he talks about how, uh, under the guise of public safety, I personally ruined people's lives, but in so doing made the public no safer. So did the family members and close friends of mine who also bore the badge alongside me. 
Well, but it, it does seems like obvious, right? If you're going around ruining people's lives, you're by definition not making the community safer. You're just going around moving people's lives, well, ruining indeed, people's lives. Indeed. Uh, if, however, all he was doing was ruining the lives of murderers and rapists, it you know probably it's hard to get so upset bad. about that, right? Probably, I mean, you know that probably wouldn't have a bad effect, right? Like if a bunch of murderers and rapists got roughed up and uh, had a tough time by by cops, and that's all cops did. Well, I I don't think people would be upset about that happening. I would be ex- exactly as upset by that as I am when a cop today gets roughed up. Yeah, but with, so <laughs> a cop today gets roughed up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the you know, and and when you think about, I was probably just my guess here. Eight out of ten arrests have to do with drugs, the drug war yeah, in some yeah. manner or another. If the drug war were ended, you probably wouldn't need eight out of ten cops, probably and there true. wouldn't be eight out of ten arrests. Has anyone made Just that guessing. proposal yet in the in the recent hubbub about reforming police and abolishing no. police and defunding police? Not a single person, right? Oh, no. Yes. Except for well, Free Talk yes. Live. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah they're <laughs> right. not anybody with a voice right now. Right. right. Okay. Uh, but enough is enough, says the officer. Let's see if this guy brings it up. Is he going to propose it? Uh, the reforms aren't working. Incrementalism isn't happening. Unarmed, black, indigenous, and people of color are being killed by cops in the streets, and the police are savagely attacking the people protesting these murders. American policing is a thick blue tumor strangling the life from our communities. Whew, that's an interesting uh, way to put it. And if you don't believe it, when the poor and the marginalized say it, if you don't believe it when you see cops across the country shooting journalists with less lethal bullets and caustic chemicals, because there's a whole other article right. about I've, how many journalists have been attacked. Right, I haven't been able to get to that, but um, you know, there's been a lot of journalists that have been, I'll call it kindly, clo- collateral damage during this mess. He says maybe it is our job to be out there. I'm not a you know real journalist, but I I like journalists. Once maybe do their jobs. He says you'll believe it when you hear it straight from the pig's mouth. Why I'm writing this. As someone who went through the training, hiring, and socialization of a career in law enforcement, I want to give a first-hand account of why I believe police officers are the way they are. Not to excuse their behavior, but to explain it and to indict the structures that perpetuate it. I believe that if everyone understood how we'd trained and brought up in the profession, it would inform the demands our community should be making of a new way of community safety. If I tell you how we were made, I hope it will empower you to unmake us. One of the other reasons I've struggled to write this essay is I don't want to center the conversation on myself and my big salty boohoo feelings about my bad choices. It's a toxic white impulse to see atrocities and think, how can I make this about me? So I hope you'll take me at my word that this account is It's isn't hard meant- not to when uh, you know people are like, hey, white people did this to your face and you're like, oh, I think I'm white. Maybe I should make it about me. Like it felt like it was made about you already. So I hope you'll take me at my word this account isn't meant to highlight me, but rather the 100,000 of me in every city in the country. It's about the structure that made, that made me and that I chose to pollute myself with. And it's my meager contribution to the cause of radical justice. You know, Mark, I don't see, I don't see it that way. If somebody says, you know, white people did this or whatever, I, I interpret it as the people who did this to me were white. Not white people as this single monolithic entity that did this thing, just a common trait among the people who did it. I think that's a nice thing to think. But what and, do they mean? And probably, the question. well, who knows what they mean? I think that it's a, it's a good way to look at it. I can't say that I've been successful at that every, uh, every time and probably not most of the time when those sorts of things, it feels like those sorts of things are leveled at me. And... Certainly, some people who level those accusations mean one thing and others mean another. 
what I mean is, is that we all, we all talk in groups well, when yeah, we should I mean, be we talking have to. in individuals. I don't know that we do. Well, as long as we're using the English language, we kind of do. Okay. I mean, well, collectivism I do agree is we built should, into it. We should talk about people as individuals. That's we really should. important. And, and I think we're pretty good about that here. We on Free Talk Live do a pretty good job of that. We, the group called Free Talk Live, uh, do a pretty good job <laughs> of not talking in groups. Mm-hmm. But it's, as Aria says, built into the language and makes it difficult. I am not every white person that has ever lived. In fact, I'm not entirely white. So what no one cares um it doesn't like somehow responsibility seems to lie with i don't know something the only group that i can figure out here that has responsibility besides the officers in question are governments so which are individuals acting in concert under a sort of crazy religious belief system that there is something greater than them which is the state but one thing that's interesting is is so the united states allowed importation of slaves over the course of i think it was 12 years or something it was very it wasn't 20 years they then allowed the sale of slaves um, contained within the country for decades after that and so if an organization should be responsible the united states government perhaps should be that organization they did not fulfill their 40 acres and a mule uh, claim that they were supposed to, you know, supposed to give everybody. Not that this would have gone well, right? Like forty acres and a mule probably would have been forty acres in like Utah, someplace awful. But nonetheless, um, you know, there, there's probably something that's owed here. And mind you, this whole uh, government payout time was a great time to do it. We're writing checks, just write checks, call it reparations. But uh, you know, it, you you are correct in that it was the government largely that you know did this and allowed it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it was individuals on the ground who were buying the slaves and forcing the slaves to work. Yeah, but I, and all of these people of them are, are dead anyway. Right, none of them are alive. Well, so the government that allowed that is not the government we have today. Okay, is the government still evil? It is. <laughs> but is it the is government the- of today guilty for sins of governments? 200 years ago. I think that's a fascinating question, and I don't know how to answer it. Okay. But they do currently carry the label, right? They yeah. they, they proudly fly the flag, and they are still the ins- same incorporated entity, unless you believe the Civil War uh, mumbo-jumbo that about the 14th Amendment and all that stuff, which may be true, too. I don't know. We can talk more about that. You can call in about whatever's on your mind. Also, more confessions of a bastard cop coming up. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Free Talk Live, you're invited. If you want to join us here, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Ian. And me, Mark. And Aria. We're talking about confessions of a bastard cop, and that's uh, what he called himself. He says former bastard cop. 
And the story is over at medium.com, which is basically, from what I understand, a site that lets pretty much anybody have a blog. I don't know. I'm not sure, exactly I'm, sure how it works. I think it in some way monetizes them. Okay, maybe so. Well, uh, we're going to get back into his story coming up here. And, of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. Maybe you are a former cop or a current one, and you want to comment on all the, uh, the controversy and the potential. To call out this turncoat. The potential for change, for change uh, that that we're seeing across the country will it really amount to anything of significance? Will whatever comes as a result of these protests be something that's really worth talking about? Will we see the end of qualified immunity, for instance? Will that actually happen, or will it just get proposed and die as a political football that never really? Uh, gets moved forward in any way, shape, or form. We'll talk about what this guy's solutions are, suggestions here in a moment. He's got some that he goes over. Um, Plus, you can also go to Bitcoin.com and you can learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and others. Uh, There's a great news site that they've got there. There's good introductory kind of content. Uh, They've also got their own exchange uh, if you're not in the United States. And for those of you in the U.S., you can use their local.bitcoin.com site to buy and sell Bitcoin Cash. Get on over to Bitcoin.com. Start learning about cryptocurrency. It is not too late. It's only been a decade and on the scale of money, 10 or 11 years is not that long of a time. So we're still in the beginning phases of this whole Bitcoin phenomenon. You owe it to yourself if you care about money, if you care about good alternatives to state government money like the dollar, fiat currencies. Uh, you need to look into Bitcoin. Go to Bitcoin.com and get started there. So we get into the meat of the story here from, again, anonymous. He calls himself Officer A.Cab. Why, he says, or says, yes, all cops are bastards. I was a police officer in a major metropolitan area in California with a predominantly poor, non-white population with a large proportion of first-generation immigrants. One night during briefing, our watch commander told us the city council had requested a new zero-tolerance policy against murderers, drug dealers, or child predators? No, against homeless people collecting cans from recycling bins. Okay. That's insane. See, this, Zero tolerance for collecting cans from recycling bins. Is it specifically the collecting cans, or is it homelessness? Uh, well, let me explain. Okay. He says, see, the city had some kickback deal with the waste management company. Okay. Where waste management got paid by the government for our expected tonnage of recycling. When homeless people, quote, stole that recycling from the waste management company, meaning taking cans out of people's bins or whatever yeah uh they were putting that cheaper contract in peril okay so we were to arrest as many recyclers as we could find jesus christ and he did this even for me this was a stupid policy and i promptly blew sarge off but a few hours later sarge called me over to assist him he was detaining a 70 year old immigrant who spoke no english who he'd seen picking a coke can out of a trash bin he ordered me to arrest her for stealing trash i said sarge come on She's an old lady. He said, I don't give an S. Hook her up. That's an order. And I did. She cried the What do you think should have been done in that particular instance? Because as a guy who has he done... He should have slapped the sergeant. and said, well, you act like a human being? You lunatic. What is the matter with you? Unfortunately, the command structures discourage that sort of they thing. They do. Happening, and uh, he didn't want to lose his job, as he says here. Uh, In a moment, he says she cried the entire way to the station and all the way through the booking process. I couldn't even comfort her because I didn't speak Spanish. I felt disgusting, but I was ordered to make this arrest and I wasn't willing to lose my job for her. 
And I think a lot of uh, police officers and municipal employees feel like they've been put in this position before. If you're tempted to feel sympathy for me, don't. I used to happily hassle the homeless under other circumstances. I researched obscure penal codes so I could arrest people in homeless encampments for lesser-known crimes like, quote, remaining too close to railroad property, which is Section 369I of the California Penal Code. I used to now, call we as a, as a libertarian I must say that homeless you know bums are a product of the uh, you know the sort of public space uh, conundrum. Mm-hmm. So sure. when you have a public space, who's allowed to be on it and what are they allowed to do? What is sleeping? What is a public space? A place uh, like parks and and these sorts of things. Who owns it? Well, supposedly all of us, but in reality the government. Who sets the rules on it? The government. So it's not public. It's the government's property. Agreed. Okay. But they call it public. Right. So there's no such thing as public property. There's just private property and government property. But they got it. Right. It's private property and government property, but it is labeled with a certain level of subterfuge. Yes. So it's designed to make you think you have some say in it. Right. Like the the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, like that. not the People's Republic. It's Kim Jong-un's republic. Or exactly. his sisters. Yeah. So what did he do? He would arrest these you know, homeless people. You for think being she's too- got a giant fat suit that she's running around in at this point? <laughs> he says, I used to call it planting warrant seeds, meaning arresting these people, because I knew they wouldn't make their court dates. They're homeless, right? They're probably drunk. They don't remember. They don't have the paperwork. <laughs> they don't have a calendar, right? You know. Uh, he says, I knew they wouldn't make their court dates, and we would arrest them again and again for warrant violations. We used to have informal contests for who could cite or arrest someone for the weirdest law. DUI on a bicycle. Non-regulation number of brooms on your tow truck. (laughs) It's California. He cites the code. Section 27,700A1 of California Vehicle Code. S like that, he says. For me, police work was a logic puzzle for arresting people, regardless of their actual threat to the community. As ashamed as I am to admit it, it needs to be said. Stripping people of their freedom felt like a game to me for many years. And I'll say this, we heard that there was a game that they were playing with us years ago here in Keene. That's that true. There, was, there were points that the police officers would get for arresting free staters. Now, you know, sort of heard that through the, the rumor mill, but uh, I believed it. And he says it felt like a game to him. He says, I imagine I'm, they gave up after they, you know, kept losing court cases here in Keene. Maybe. I mean, they won some. They they lost some. Uh, He says, I know you're going to ask, did I ever plant drugs? Did I ever plant a gun on someone? Did I ever make a false arrest or file a false report? Believe it or not, the answer is no. Cheating was no fun. I like to get my stats the legitimate way. But I knew officers. Yeah, why cheat when, you know, when, when you're not covered? If you cheat, you're not covered. Just there's so many obscure little rules out there, like the number of brooms on your truck or how close you are to a railroad track, um, that there's no particular reason to cheat. Am I understanding correctly that he actually arrested someone at some point in his career for having an improper number of brooms on a truck? Might have been a, might have been a citation. He might have written a ticket for it's it. It's still an arrest, but yeah. yeah, it doesn't have the same feel. He says, but I did know officers who kept a little baggie of whatever... Or maybe a pocket knife that was a little too big in their war bags. Yeah, we called our duffel bags war bags. Did I ever tell anybody about it? No, I did not. Did I ever confess my suspicions when cocaine suddenly showed up in a gang member's jacket? No, I did not. In fact, 
Let me tell you about an extremely formative experience in my police academy class. We had a clique of around six trainees who routinely bullied and harassed other students, intentionally scuffing another trainee's shoes to get them in trouble during inspection, sexually harassing female trainees, cracking racist jokes, and so on. Every quarter, we were to write anonymous evaluations of our squad mates. I wrote scathing accounts of their behavior, thinking I was helping keep bad apples out of law enforcement and believing I would be protected. Instead, the academy staff read my complaints to them out loud and outed me to them and never punished them, causing me to get harassed for the rest of my academy class. That's how I learned that even police leadership hates rats. That's why no one is changing things from the inside. They can't. The structure won't allow it. So... Uh, as, as longtime listeners know, I spent eight and a half years in prison, and I can tell you on more than one occasion, officers asked me to somehow see something bad occur to a specific inmate. Now I don't to know, see something bad that didn't happen occur. You mean like you saw sure. him fall and hit his head, kind of thing? Yeah, that okay. kind of thing. Even though that didn't actually happen, right? The cops beat him, and then they wanted no. More to t- what they're what they're saying is they wanted me to beat him for them. Oh, oh. and see um, that that didn't come across when you said see something bad happen. Sorry, to them. Um, they wanted you know me or somebody I knew to to do something, to and I an knew inmate. that these people wouldn't cover me, and that's the reason right, I never they'd send did you it. down the they'd send you up the river. Right? Why would they? Why would they cover me? Toll free number tonight eight fifty five four fifty free. Did they try to punish you back for not doing their bidding? More coming up here. It's free talk live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Toll-free number, 855-450-FREE, like freedom. By the way, I want to say thanks to Ellen, who is a Free Talk Live gold amplifier. That means that Ellen is contributing 10 bucks a month to the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and it is a simple concept. You send in 5 bucks a month. She's doing 10 but you know, we only ask 5 Thank you. So thanks for doubling up there, Ellen. Uh, but if you do five bucks a month or more, then you'll be part of the AMP program, and that stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It helps us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the United States, bring new internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if you value what we do here and it's worth you know, the price of a fancy cup of coffee or a nice cheeseburger uh, to you, then please send that over to us. You can use PayPal. You can use credit card. You can use Bitcoin BTC over at ampamp.freetalklive.com. You get some cool perks as well. And if you want us to give you a shout-out like we did with Ellen, you do have to opt into that. So by default, you are sort of anonymous. But uh, if you want to opt in to some recognition, you can do that. There's instructions you'll receive on how to do that once you join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts and then back to confessions of uh, self-described former bastard cop. But first, we've got Jason on the line, listening in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Jason. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm pretty certain, and dang it, uh, with all the, the, the commercials and stuff, I lost my train. Darn but, it. you got to write write things down. It's always helpful to like make just a couple notes, a couple bullet points about the I, things. I, you... I used to do ledgers and whatnot. but um, It says here you wanted to talk that... about war. That's all I got. Well, at this point, I'm pretty certain they're going to allow this person to get off. And, Which person? And the, the, the people that we're talking about with the, the cop. Oh, you're talking about the and most that, recent group of cops that uh, committed uh, essentially a murder as a group in the streets of Minneapolis? Those cops? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. and, and the, the ironic is I, I, I get a lot of disinformation, mostly from press. 
And and the difficulty with trying to process it is what's true, what's fake, what's nonsense. And and I've listened to you guys for a long time, Sacramento and Arizona, everything. And and you guys are absolutely on point, but I have a, a feeling that this is gonna take a toll for the worst. Just for the simple fact that when they release him and vindicate him, so to speak, we're going to erupt. I think I'm just just going to make a prediction based on situations that have happened like this in the past. And obviously, there's nothing quite like the reaction that we've seen from this particular murder, because this has really touched something off that has been heretofore unseen as far as the reaction from people. But we've seen people get angry before about bad cops and murderous cops. We've seen this happen before, just not to this extent. But we've seen it happen before, and we've seen charges be brought before. We've seen the charges either be dropped, but we've also sometimes seen the officer convicted. Remember, there was. I want to bring uh, a couple different two bullet points, I guess, at this point. Okay. Uh, Well, hold that thought here. I just wanted to point something out about a, a past example. So there was this cop in San Francisco who shot a man in the back. As he was being held down on the ground by other officers, and he he just literally shot the man in the back. In the back, he was under control. It wasn't like he was out of control or whatever. He claims that he slipped, and that he accidentally grabbed when he was going for his taser or whatever, some non-lethal device. Oops! He accidentally grabbed his gun and then fired it in the man's back. That was his claim. He got found guilty in that case and sentenced to I think all of I think it was, was eighteen it or eleven months, months or something. Yeah, it was less than two years uh, in in a jail cell. So this cop or these cops wow. who have been brought up on charges in Minneapolis, you so may see them get convicted. Mask, if I get if I don't wear a mask, I get six months. Well, yeah, they have a different set of rules for you and me and the rest and, and right. then, you know the rest of us than they do for the police. So I would expect that if the charges aren't dropped against these people, that you may see convictions, but to lower charges, for instance, to to manslaughter, or you might see a plea deal, for for instance, get cut at the last minute, or if it does go to trial, the judge may sentence them to the minimum possible sentence. So I think that I think that you're you're correct in that. These guys aren't going to get; they're not going to get the maximum sentences, if even if they are convicted. No, of course not. No, no, no. And and uh, I wouldn't doubt it if um, he gets acquitted, as pertaining to the one man mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Um, Seattle kind of bothers me a tad bit. What's going on and, with Seattle? Uh, apparently, they took over the. Uh, mayor's office and the police department <laughs> and everything else. I heard something about this uh, last night. Actually, uh, Jackie was in our chat room in the Discord server, po- posting like maps of C- certain sections of Seattle that apparently the protesters have. They completely... took over six blocks and kicked everybody out and told them basically go to uh, your mom. <laughs> they had. Uh... They, they don't have guns in Seattle. Nope. Now, now, when you say they kicked everybody out, there's the problem. Did they kick normal people out the of their police homes? Department, the, no, the police department okay. and and the mayor. Interesting. Thank you, to Jason, for the heads up on that. Uh, and if somebody else is out in Seattle and they've got the you know an update on that particular story, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, thank you. I definitely appreciate hearing from you. And we will see because it's almost nothing that will likely happen to these officers. 
whatever the different possibilities are, are going to satisfy what people want to see happen. Well, let's be clear. If they took these guys and ripped their skin off on um, you know, the public square, uh, pulled out their beating heart and stomped on it, the 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 public wouldn't be happy because the people who purport themselves as leaders of these groups wouldn't be better paid and that's what it's all about is is that these mm. groups um in many cases are you know run by some people who are never going to be happy about anything because it's all about being perpetually upset right if they're not uh, if there's not something to raise funds for then and, and i'll go further to say that they didn't raise the charges on uh, this Derek chavin fella from third degree murder to first degree murder to let him go okay I, what do you mean he's going to prison and he's going to some go people, for for more than 10 years some people say that the reason they raised the charges was because they know they can't get the conviction at that level and they'll have to drop there's them. a new just, news story out show. here from cbs that the confirmed that they there is a security guard from the club that is confirming that floyd and chavin bumped heads while working at the nightclub oh interesting. so this conspiracy theory that we've been purporting up to this point that possibly these people knew each other appears to have been met out that they have at times had problems so this could very well be a second degree murder this could be a personal issue between these two men right so i mean if chavin was uh applying illegal police holds Mm -hmm. you know ones that he had been taught way back to do you know then 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 things changed and he knew that there was you know possibly these were going to be bad and that he was just trying to make this guy suffer he would be guilty of second degree murder Mm. by my estimation of what second degree murder means I see this entire thing differently. I, I don't think that people or society or Black Lives Matter or anybody should be pursuing these cops being punished, right? I don't because think it really because I don't think punishment is what people should work for. I don't think it, it's two wrongs trying to make a right. I, I agree think the with better you. solution would be for Black Lives Matter and these other groups to put forth solutions about how this may not happen in the future. Yes, I mean, certainly there's the argument that, oh, well, if you just start punishing the cops, these things won't happen. But again, I don't think punishment's not super effective for curbing Mm -mm. bad behavior, as we've seen. Right. And, you know, like Black Lives Matters hinges on and this is the problem when they didn't take the all lives matter um, moniker. They could have. Right. They could have said all lives do. All lives matter. We're calling ourselves all lives matter. And then there would have been far less to argue about. But it wasn't about that. It was about racism. And instead of making about police brutality, they made it about racism. And we know the police brutality occurs. There's lots of statistics that are get dubious when it comes to who did what, when, as far as racism and that sort of thing. So I think that it should have been about police brutality from the beginning. You know, I'm not black. I mean, it is about police brutality, and it has always been about police brutality. But uh, the black community of the United States focused on the wrongdoings against the black community of the United States. I'm not particularly a fan of that, but I understand why they did it. I understand why yeah, they there's chose definitely to- an anti-police brutality, I would say, aspect to what's going on. Sure. I, I think that if you asked people, I would hope that if you asked some of the people at these protests— Hey, just to clarify, you're not saying you want other people to be beaten as much as black people are beaten. You're saying you want people overall to not be beaten as much, including black people, right? Like, you're not saying you want equal beatings, right? That's what I would like to clarify, (laughs) because that can be seen as a little unclear in some of the things that they're saying when they point out uh, that blacks are targeted more often per their percentage of the population. I think they're probably right about that. Uh, but well, it, over it, what time it, frame? As I understand, off, in 2020, it's actually been less. Well, it comes off as being unconcerned for the for the plight of you know other people. 
who are also beaten and murdered uh, by the police. I don't think and 2020 is a good year to use as an example. It is the most recent one. The country has been on lockdown for a quarter of the half mm. of the year so far. I don't think we're going to get good stats from it on anything. We got more coming up here and more from the self-described former bastard cop. He's got more confessions. 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. You want to weigh in? You're welcome to join us. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture. One that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. It's Free Talk Live. We do have some more information about what's going on in Seattle. We want definitely want to get to that if we get the chance. We've been talking about a police officer, former officer, describes himself as a former bastard cop, and he's got some confessions to make. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Mark, are you? We're going to get back into that story. Of course, open phones, as always. You can join us here. Take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three, or call in on our Discord server at discord.lrn.fm. So the last point the former bastard cop makes here is that even the leadership in police hates rats, snitches. Um, they during his uh, for, during his training, police academy class, he was given the opportunity to write what he thought were anonymous evaluations of his squad mates, and he wrote scathing accounts of their behavior, thinking that they would keep it to themselves. They ended up reading. Was it an assignment it to write these things, or did he just sort of do it? He says we were to write, meaning okay. uh, it was assigned. Okay. And uh, so he then got read at his evaluations were read out loud, which caused him to get harassed for the rest of the academy class. And he says that's how he learned. So he did initially try to be. He went into the system thinking he was going to be a good cop. I think he did think that. It seems yeah. that way. I mean, if he was like, hey, the, they're sexually harassing people and causing right. problems. Uh, usually if you talk to a police officer and ask them, uh, what, what do you think of the quality of your uh, cohorts? Do you think there's some, you know, some people in there that probably shouldn't be cops? I'll say, yeah. Yep, but they won't do anything about it. And that's, well, what well, can they do? And that's the point of what I'm telling you, he says. Whether you were my sergeant legally harassing an old woman, me legally harassing our residents, my fellow trainees bullying the rest of us, or the bad apples, which he puts in quotes, illegally harassing S-bags, we were in it all together. I knew cops that pulled women over to flirt with them. Oh, my I, God. I knew cops who would pepper spray sleeping bags so that homeless people would have to throw them away. I knew cops had intentionally provoked anger in suspects so they could claim that they were assaulted. I was particularly good at winding people up verbally until they lashed out so I could fight them. 
And by the way, this this corresponds with what Barry Cooper had told us a decade ago when we had him on, the former Texas uh, law enforcement officer of the year or whatever it was, drug cop of uh, of the year in Texas. Uh, he he changed his mind, changed his behavior, and came out against these you know this insane uh, police state it happened to me when i was at the airport a londonderry police officer um you know i i had i had an id that was expired i thought it would be a good idea to leave my driver's license in my car where i don't know i'd need it and i had this old temporary uh driver's license that showed my picture and had my address on it this will be great for when pump somebody asks for an id because it clearly identifies me Nope, it's expired. No good. It's not you anymore. Right. That guy, uh, that's what. The, that's literally what happened. The yeah. TSA, these wannabe cops, um, they, they couldn't be, right? They couldn't be mall cops. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, you know, they freaked out. Then, I, you know, they're like trying to, to manhandle me at the You're TSA You're not a person. Thing. And I'm like, get your hands off of me. This is an ID issued by a government. It's, it's, it's expired. Mm-hmm. Do you know the terrorists on 9-11 used expired uh, IDs? <laughs> and, and like, what? <laughs> what? This is complete. Of course, it's stupid. So, um, you know, they're like, hold on, I've got to get the head moron. And, and off, <laughs> off they run. But the police officer's there. And he's like, you got a problem? You know, like classic schoolyard bully mm, crap. Yeah. You have to remember this, Ian. This happened probably a decade ago. And mm. what I was there for this? No, you were, uh, but I certainly reported it on the air. Oh, okay. And he doesn't uh, remember it then. <laughs> it sounds like a good story, though, so please keep going. <laughs> but I mean, you know, who says, who, you got a problem? Who says that? It's not, that, that could were be you said. looking at him? No. <laughs> okay. And, and, but if I was, so what? <laughs> you know, I pay your paycheck, pal. Right. And the uh, so then at some point or another, they surround me. And then a Londonderry police officer brings in a dog as though I am more likely to have drugs because I have an expired driver's license. <laughs> well, you, you could know. have been really high, and that's why you didn't. <laughs> so finally, after all of this, they just pat me down and send me on my way. The TSA did. Yeah. So well, that's because you don't need an ID to fly, right? You don't. You don't need one. At least that's what our uh, old co-host Sam Dodson learned a yeah. decade ago. Now that may be changing in October. They want you to certainly believe that it's going to be changing when they then claim they're going to require a so so-called real ID. I've flown an expired ID. Yep. Last year. Last year. Yep. Okay. Good to know. Uh, but again, supposedly going to change in October. So we'll that's see what, what happens. That's what the TSA has signs up saying. But, I mean, there are signs up here at the store saying that masks are required. True. That's a good point. We're only going to be able to find out one way, and that's when somebody tries it uh, toward the end of the year. So he says, I knew that the cops provoked anger in suspects so they could claim they were assaulted. I was particularly good at winding people up until they lashed out so I could fight them. Nobody spoke out. No one stood up. And no one betrayed the code. None of us protected the people you from bad cops and this is why all cops are bastards even your uncle your cousin your mom your brother even your best friend or your spouse even me he means if those happen to be police in your life sure because even if they wouldn't do the thing themselves they will almost never rat out another officer who does the thing whatever thing we're talking about and that's not surprising that this institution that you know Utilizes snitches out in the community, hates them within its own sure. ranks. And they nobody won't... likes snitches. Well, the police do. When no, they don't. <laughs> they don't like snitches who are snitching on them. Because they don't they like don't snitches want to be in the community on. either. Well, they they're not like friends with them. They're not going to invite them over for a barbecue, but they like exploiting them. Well, sure. Okay. 
I guess I should have been clearer. The guy that beats and uh, and kills hookers doesn't like hookers, okay? Yeah, that well, would be I mean, a sicko. Yeah, just because he yeah. uses them. Okay. So, <clears throat> he says, I could write an entire book of the awful things I've done, seen done, and heard others bragging about doing. But to me, the bigger question is, how did it get this way? While I was a police officer in a city 30 miles from where I lived... Many of my fellow officers were from the community and treated their neighbors just as badly as I did. While every cop's individual biases come into play, it's the profession itself that is toxic. And it starts from day one of training. Every police academy is different, but all of them share certain features. Taught by old cops, run like a paramilitary boot camp, strong emphasis on protecting yourself more than anyone else. Yeah. The majority of my time in the academy... And, and that's, by the way, if police officers are paid, um, they can retire at 20 years, and they're paid hazard pay and the, you know these sorts of things, or, or they are paid more because they do a dangerous job. Uh, they also, there's an upgrade called hazard pay. Then... You know, delivery drivers for like Domino's and D'Angelo's and stuff are more likely to be killed than police. Yeah, really. over the course of a decade, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Um, cab drivers, truck drivers, loggers, um, mm-hmm. you know, all these are more dangerous jobs. So they should get paid more and get to retire at 20, right? Well, no, they don't work for the government. Uh, so they don't have a they don't have a public sector union. Um, the, you know, but these, when it, when it comes to these sorts of things, you would think that police... I mean, police are supposed to be in dangerous situations. They're being paid more for dangerous situations. This whole idea of protect yourself. I mean, you're there to the the police are there to protect citizens and the people they're arresting are citizens. And I think that that part of it comes down to arrests are just so prevalent. It maybe you know, (laughs) um, maybe it doesn't have to be that way is what I'm saying. The majority of my time in the academy was spent doing aggressive physical training and watching video after video after video of police officers being murdered on duty. I want to highlight this. Nearly everyone coming into law enforcement is bombarded with dash cam footage of police officers being ambushed and killed over and over and over. Colorless VHS mortality plays, cops screaming for help over their radios, their bodies going limp as a pair of taillights speed away into a grainy black horizon. In my case, with commentary from an old racist cop who used to brag about assaulting Black Panthers. To understand why all cops are bastards, you need to understand one of the things almost every training officer told me when it came to using force. Quote, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. Unquote. Meaning, I'll take my chances in court rather than risk getting hurt. We're able to think that way because police unions are extremely overpowered and because of the the generous concept of qualified immunity. A legal theory which says a cop generally can't be held personally liable for mistakes that they make doing their job in an official capacity. And that is the only thing so far that I've heard being proposed to actually try to change things for the better as far as this crazy system of cops that we have. And that is apparently Justin Amash has put forth some sort of legislation that should presumably get rid of qualified immunity if it goes through as you know proposed as I understand it. Um, that's something. It's not ending the war on drugs, but it's something. There's more... It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. We're reading some confessions of a, as he describes himself, former bastard cop. And we'll tell you more about that coming up with you tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. And Aria. And also, I want to make sure that you know about Divi 
The Next Generation Wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currency like the U.S. dollar. Write in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of their relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at diviproject.org, D-I-V-I project.org. So, reading from Medium.com, an anonymous person writing this story, he calls himself A-Cab, and that stands for All Cops Are Bastards, apparently. And he's a former bastard. And that's how he describes himself. Uh, and he's sorry for the stuff that he did, and he's outlined a little bit of it here. He's talking about what it's like in the training uh, sessions in the police academy, showing, apparently they get shown videos of cops being killed over and over again, he says. And uh, he talks about the saying. Well, that's of, not good for any human to see that. Yeah, no, it's going to it's going to it's going to warp your mind as to right. the scenario. Uh, and so he talks about some of the bad things that protect police, like police unions being extremely overpowered. He says, yep. and the qualified immunity concept, which basically allows yep. police to do almost anything as long as they're doing it in their f- official capacity. I'd add to that that um, in many cases, police departments don't have the same sort of demographic makeup as their community. That's and true. Whether or not that is a good or bad thing, like you can make whatever arguments you want. I, as far as I'm concerned, arguments centering around race are at their uh, at the foundation flawed. But whatever the case is, it seems to me that when you have, say, Ferguson, Missouri, that mm. when all this stuff went down, they had an 80 percent white police force policing an 80 percent black populace. And no matter what, maybe they got the best police services in the world they don't they didn't um but but what if even if they did the optics are bad yep that's true the optics are bad although i suspect that if it was 80 percent black you'd still see black police officers abusing black people but you probably wouldn't hear the same problems you wouldn't hear the complaints. You wouldn't hear it. Wouldn't the news media doesn't report on those stories? No, as, no uh, they don't. As fervently, likely as as others. In a lot of cases, the the stories are just scuttled. I mean, you, uh, you you can you can go online and search for them, and you'll hear you'll you'll read all kinds of stories you never heard of of unarmed white yeah. suspects being shot by black cops, and well, you know, surprise, or white people being shot by white people. That happens a lot. That too. happens plenty. <laughs> uh, when you Look at the actions of the officers who killed George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, David McAfee, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Philando Castile, Eric Garner, Freddie Gree. Remember that they, like me, were trained to recite, I'd rather be judged by 12 as a mantra. Even if mistakes were made, which he puts a trademark symbol after that, the city, meaning the taxpayers, meaning you, pays the settlement, yeah. not the officer. Once Because pol- that would change a lot if an individual officer were actually be able to held uh, individually liable for the choices that they make and have to pay the settlements out of their own paychecks in their own retirements, that would change how some of them behave. Well, you'll, what you, you, it's, it's pretty easy to see how it would change it. You just go and look at private security companies and mm-hmm. their uses of force. I mean, in many, 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 many cases, these private security companies have to get a suspect and get control over that suspect in whatever fashion they do, and as they do, 
they need to they are responsible for their actions while mm. doing it and right. the evidence is is that private security companies just kill a lot less people and yeah, and a lot fewer right. people as a percentage and a whole bunch of other stuff yep. so private security works Real well. Now, obviously, as a private private security can't uh, isn't isn't going to enforce, say, marijuana laws or a bunch of things that cops are doing or speeding violations and a bunch of things like that. But I don't imagine speeding violations are terribly deadly. Our police training has or says once police training has through repetition, indoctrination and violent spectacle promised officers that everyone in the world is out to kill them. The next lesson is your partners are the only ones protecting you. Occasionally, this is even true. I've had encounters turn on me rapidly due to the point that I legitimately thought I was going to die, only to have other officers come and turn the tables. One of the most important thought leaders in law enforcement is Colonel Dave Grossman, or Grossman, a killologist, who wrote an essay called Sheep, Wolves, and Sheepdogs. Cops are the sheepdogs, bad guys are the wolves, and the citizens are the, the sheep. The sheep. Colonel Grossman makes sure to mention that to a stupid sheep, sheepdogs look more like wolves than sheep, and that's why they dislike you. This, quote, they hate you for protecting them, and only I love you, only I can protect you, unquote, tactic is familiar to students of abuse. It's what abusers do to coerce their victims into isolation, pulling them away from friends and family and ensnaring them in their abusers in the abuser's toxic web. Law enforcement does this, too, pitting the officer against civilians. Quote, they don't understand what you do. They don't respect your sacrifice. They just want to get away with crimes. You're only safe with us. Unquote. Which is culty sounding, isn't it? Well, when everybody's... It's also true. I I can't argue with that. Based on what the state defines as a crime... Mm. Like, sure, I do just want to get away with crimes. I'm not on their side. <laughs> that's the uh, that, that that that's what I was basically going to make the point is is that essentially Sorry. every no everybody two of us believe the same thing. Everybody is a criminal by the standards that the, you know that that are brought now, forward now, here. Now that now that you've said that, let's revisit our conversation earlier about the black po- prison population. Okay. What so everyone is a criminal. Yep. But prisons are filled with. Half black Americans. Yeah, so it, uh, there are grades of crimes. There's misdemeanors. Well, it's There's... true in jails as well. It's mm-hmm. true in courtrooms. Every every time I ever went to court in the state of Mississippi, I was the only white person there. Wow. Every single time. Uh, except for like family who came there with mm-hmm. me or whatever. Okay. Yeah. This is not... As though there's no white people in a trailer park somewhere beating yeah. each other up or, you know, committing crimes. And, and and everybody there, everybody in that county was a criminal, just like everybody in the United States, if, constantly breaking laws. If you, as as a group, felt marginalized to the point that basically, you know, you're not, you're the out group, whatever that might be. Out groups traditionally um, act out in a variety of different ways. One of those ways is uh, criminal activity targeting the in group, and um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if. The you know so, so the black community committed more crimes. If if if, be, if if dark skin resulted in more crimes being commit committed, that wouldn't surprise me with the whole narrative that's been going on for nearly two hundred years. Right, but they don't commit more crimes because everyone is a criminal. Well, <laughs> a, a single black person so may or may are, not commit what an you're average saying... of seven crimes a day, but it doesn't matter because the average American, regardless of skin color, commits five per day. 
Okay. Yet the prisons are overwhelmingly filled with black people. That suggests racism on the part of the police to me. It does. It, it suggests uh, you know picking and choosing and because uh, cops exercise discretion in who they pursue. Yep. So if they have an innate bias to pursue black people. What would we expect to see as a result of that? I think that the police pick, um, you know, which crimes they're going to go after, uh, you know, to some extent, right? They're going to decide which ones they're going after. They're policing this neighborhood. Burglaries are occurring here. Car thefts are going on there. So they, you know, they go there. They police that stuff. Yeah, she's got you on this one, Mark. 855 450 free. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent, he's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. Porcupinerealestate.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Toll free number 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. And you'll be able to join us in real life in Vegas. Coming up in July, July 18th and 19th, we will be broadcasting from Crypto Vegas and Anarcho Vegas. They are a pair of uh, related, I would say, Events, conventions. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they're being hosted by the same folks. Barely separate is what I would call them. <laughs> yeah, there's one's one day, the other's the other day. As I However, understand. I am emceeing Crypto Vegas. Excellent. Uh, some of the brightest and most innovative minds in blockchain technology will be there, including Juan Galtz. Anastasia Sergevina, Lynn Ulbricht, Jim Bell, and others, including Float CEO Kingsley Edwards, uh, plus the and that was so that was for Crypto Vegas. Then Anarcho Vegas yeah. speakers include Jim Bell, Larkin Rose, Ovens O'Brien, G. Edward Griffin, Walter Block. Yeah, that's big names in there, and Amanda Rockwitz, Ernie Hancock, and more. So it's going to be a real libertarian convention, maybe the only one in the whole year. Uh, who well, knows? Freedom Fest is going on right before that. Oh, is that right? Freedom that Fest Caesar's is happening? Palace, yeah. Okay, that's We're good going to know. We're going to that. Pork Fest is also happening. I consider Freedom Fest to be kind of like a libertarian conservative convention. It they kind certainly of mix it serve up. us a different yeah. uh, crowd, but I mean, we need to we need to target our message at all kinds of different people. True. True, Admittedly, true. Um, some of those are crossover with the uh, Anarcho Vegas conference, and some of them are not. But Aria... Are you going to this event? I know you're researching whether you can or not. Yeah, pretty much that. You think so? Yeah. Cool. Daily tickets for the event are just $20.20, so that's per day, right? So you can event, you can attend one or both or whatever. Uh, you can use code FTL, save 10% on VIP tickets. It's July 18th and 19th. We'll be there in Vegas for Crypto Vegas and Anarcho Vegas. You can go to anarchovegas.com and cryptovegasconference.com. To get your tickets, spring for if you if you go to amp.freetalklive.com mm-hmm. right now, we get ten amplifiers. Ian will spring for his own hotel room, so I don't have to sleep with three libertarians. <laughs> All right, we go. I, on I here. see you're just presuming I'm going. I hope you do. Okay. The well, that, I bet. That, that changes things. I, I might have to actually look into it now. Well, yeah. you lived there for a while, so you know. I did. Oh, did you? I didn't even yeah. know that. Oh, really? No. Yeah. So we go back to the story here from Medium.com, Officer A.Cab. 
confessions of a former bastard cop. He writes more. He says, I think the wolves versus sheepdogs dynamic is one of the most important elements as to why officers behave the way they do. Every single second of my training, I was told that criminals were not a legitimate part of their community, that they were individual bad actors, and their bad actions were solely the result of their inherent criminality. Any concept of systemic trauma, generational poverty, or white supremacist oppression was either never mentioned or simply dismissed. Is that not amazing that the cops are saying this about the criminal elements in the community when it's ultimately true of themselves? Mm. Well, that wouldn't be uncommon for people to project. Well, um, I mean, the extent of this projection, though, is mind-blowing. They're like, they're not people. And I can't repeat what you just said word for word, but it was basically inherent criminals. Yeah, it was a description of the police. I don't think they're inherent criminals. I think they're people who are born into a system and attempting to mold into that system. So an inherent criminal is somebody, this this is a theory. This is a criminal theory that has existed for a long time. Something is wrong with these people. They were born this way, and this is the way that they will be. And it is pervasive within the correctional field and within policing fields, the the whole notion that somehow the die is cast and you're a crook and I'm a cop and will always be on other side. Mm. And that's how it is. But the one thing I thought was very odd is when we walked into the youthful offender prison in which I was incarcerated for years, um, they told us 85 percent of you will return. And this is a fallacious number that I was fed over and over and over and over again. Mm. 85% of you will reoffend. 15% of you will, will get away with it. And they, they would drive this point home in so many different ways. Get away and that with is it? True. You mean leave and not come back? Yeah, I, I meant not to. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going on to, to another thought and, yep. and kind of trailed off there. Excuse me. Um, now, that is true when you're talking about somebody who's entered the system as uh, an A number, what we call an A number, some, a multiple offender, an adult in the multiple offender system, the numbers get much more likely. Like you can massage the numbers and come out with 85% and that's possible. But with youthful offenders, you're talking about numbers that are lower than 50% reoffend. Mm-hmm. That most of these guys that you're yelling at and telling lies to are going to go get out of here and they're never going to commit or at least never get caught for another crime. What do you think the point of saying that to them is? I don't know. I, I mean, I never, I've never really gotten. Did that it motivate particular... you not to be a statistic? Maybe. I mean, I certainly was. I am the poster child for the Department of Corrections and what they do because I never got caught for anything. Although I've been arrested three times, it was all over the same charge, <laughs> and um, you know there was some com- confusion as to whether or not I'm a three-time loser. But whatever, it's the same charge. He says, after all, most people don't steal, so anyone who does isn't most people, right? To us, anyone committing a crime deserved anything that's happened to them because they broke the social contract. And yet, it was never even a question as to whether the power structure above them was honoring any sort of contract back. And that's an important point. Yeah. You know, this so-called social contract is a bunch of BS, and he indeed does put it in quotes here in this uh, I can tell story. you that the social contract, the, the, the powers that be, do not spend any time trying to honor mine back. No. I've tried to get the help of police on multiple occasions um, over the no last obligation. Course, course of the last decade, and I can't get anything out of these people. They're, I, I believe. But Mark, this is the narrative they will that file a I report believe. for you. What's that? They will file a report for you. No, oh boy. <laughs> I have no evidence that that even occurred. <laughs> sure. Wow. Okay. I, you know, on some occasions, I'd have no evidence that that occurred. But 
I believe it's because I am known in the community as a free stater and therefore I can't get, um, you know, police services because, well, you guys don't like police anyway or whatever. <laughs> that's what I believe it is. But that's just a wild conspiracy theory I've concocted. Understand, police officers are part of the state monopoly on violence. And all police training reinforces this monopoly as a cornerstone of police work, a source of honor and pride. Many cops, he writes this in bold, many cops fantasize about getting to kill someone in the line of duty. Egged on by others that have. One of my training officers told me about the time he shot and killed a mentally ill homeless man wielding a big stick. He bragged that he, quote, slept like a baby, unquote, that night. Official training teaches you. I, 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 yeah. Hold on. I find that so <laughs> difficult to imagine. He, the homeless man had a big stick mm-hmm. and the cop killed him. Shot and killed. Shot and killed him for having yes. a big stick. And then bragged about sleeping like a baby that night. Meaning he what, do you, had no, what do you do with a psychopath like that? Apparently he gets promoted. He was a training <laughs> officer. Not uncommon. Um, I, yeah. This guy was training the trainees. You know, I had a difficult time with just slaughtering pigs i mean i'm talking about actual swine uh you know the, the things with hooves and, and round noses taking the life of a pig yeah um and i know, appreciate you taking the time to make that distinction that you weren't talking about you having a problem <laughs> killing police mark okay good Jesus. thanks for that yeah <laughs> so i saying, didn't make like, up wow the, i'm the learning nickname. new facets of mark tonight. you're saying you had feelings about executing a pig this cop said he slept like a baby after killing another human being. Yeah, I just I wonder whether he's telling the truth, and I tend to think he's not. Well, that's what he said. That's what he uh, said. Official training teaches you how to be violent effectively and when you're legally allowed to deploy that violence, but, quote, unofficial training teaches you to desire violence, to expand the breadth of your violence without getting caught, and to erode your own compassion for desperate people so you can justify punitive violence against them. How to be a bastard. I participated in some of these activities personally. Others are ones I have either witnessed personally or heard other officers brag about openly. Very, very occasionally, I knew an officer who was disciplined or fired for one of these things. Police officers will lie about the law, about what's illegal, or about what they can legally do to you in order to manipulate you into doing what they want. Now, we've had police officers come on the air here and say that that is uh, that's policy. That's, that's training. That's complete, yeah, that's training. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, we are allowed to lie to you. No, you are not allowed to lie to us. Now, I will point out that only the FBI will can charge you for lying to them. And only the FBI, at least uh, uh, until relatively recently, I don't know whether they've changed this or not, doesn't even use recording devices in their interviews. So they could just say you lied to them. We'll tell you more about the lies police tell, according to a former cop, coming up here in moments. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. And then what happened in Seattle? Apparently... Some protesters say they've taken over some number of city blocks, including the City Hall in Seattle. We'll tell you more about that, especially if you're there. You can call us up, bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you dial in, toll free here, 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. And for a long time, libertarians have been looking for a good online business directory. Well, we've got it. It's liberty.menu. It's an easy-to-use, really attractive, uh, and free tool that allows liberty-minded folks, because you do have to care about freedom. You have to reject the initiation of force and agreed to abide by the ethics 
of the non-aggression principle in order to use the site in the first place. So if that qualify, if you qualify for that, then get on over to liberty.menu and put the things that you do up there. Maybe you've got a business that you want to promote or digital content you're the creator of or a producer for. Perhaps you have an event that you're putting together you'd like people to know about. Well, you can do it for free at liberty.menu, and you can use code FTL. Get a special free Talk Live listener badge on your profile. That's liberty.menu. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And Aria. Now, longtime listeners are going to be familiar with this laundry list here that uh, the former cop, he's described himself as a former bastard cop, and he explains why, in his belief, all cops are indeed bastards. Uh, and he's uh, it's a really interesting story here from medium.com and he's got a section in it called how to be a bastard and he says i've participated in some of these activities personally others i've witnessed personally or heard officers brag about openly so this is all from his experience and uh, he's talking about how officers will lie about the law and what's illegal he says officers will lie about feeling afraid for their life to justify the use of force after the fact we've seen that countless times stop persisting Uh, Yep. Officers will lie and tell you they'll file a police report just to get you off their back. Police officers will lie that your cooperation will, quote, look good for you in court or that they will, quote, put in a good word for you with the D.A., unquote. Oh, God. Does anyone ever actually believe that? Yes. People who don't have any experience with being lied to by the police. I mean, cause That's I was, the trick. When I was 18, uh, a friend of mine were interrogated by the police repeatedly over the course of about four days. I mean, okay. we, we you kept, were in their custody? N- no. Oh, they, they kept they coming kept, back to see you? They kept calling us in to come see them. Oh, God. And, and they, you didn't know better, so you went. Yeah. Right. But they never arrested us. But they tried all of these tactics, and I mm-hmm. had no experience with law enforcement at this point, but I knew better than to believe anything these people said. That's good. I knew that they wanted to hurt me. Yeah. Right. Well, I wasn't even an anarchist then, but it was clear that these people, these people, you had enough experience from the streets to be able to tell you that. But there's some people who they they believed all the propaganda about the police are your friends, and you want to help the police, and the police want to help you, and so if the police ask you questions, you want to answer them, and you know they believe that stuff. That that, there's I would ask all of those people: Has a police officer ever done a single damn thing for you? Oh, I've had lots of police officers do good things for me. Um, I mean, they've, you know, I, I've had a break in and uh, they did a great job and got some of my stuff back. And I had an off-duty cop give me a jump once in a parking lot in Florida when I was a teenager. Well, that was a human being. I had a police officer stand with me while my car was broken down on the side of the road. And um, he never so much as asked me for my driver's license. Mm-hmm. Just waited for the tow truck to come and sent me off on my way. Um, I've had lots of good interactions with police officers. I mean, I would argue that standing there with you isn't necessarily really doing anything for you. Eh, his vehicle with the uh, with the gumballs flashing uh, prevented, well, would help prevent me from getting, say, Side rear-ended something, or something. Yeah. Okay. Police officers will lie about what they see and hear to access private property to conduct unlawful searches. Police officers will lie and say your friend already ratted you out, so you might as well rat them back out. This they is, tried that. That's mm-hmm. the prisoner's but, dilemma. But my friend and I didn't believe them both i mean if either one of us had not believed in the other person we both would have went down but i was like nah he wouldn't do that and he was like nah Arya wouldn't do that this is almost never true this is a tactic they teach in the police academy Arya, were you guilty no police officers (laughs) will lie not what not of what they accused me of being guilty of they will lie and say you are not in trouble in order to get you to exit a location or otherwise make an arrest more convenient for them Police officers will lie and say they won't arrest you if you'll just, quote, be honest with them, unquote, so they know what really happened. 
Police... Who would believe that? We're not going to arrest you. We just want you to be honest with us. Sure. Did you kill this guy? Police <laughs> officers will lie about their ability to seize the property of friends and family members to coerce a confession. Police officers will write obviously BS tickets so they get time and a half overtime fighting them in court. Police officers will... Yes, sh- really? Uh, and, and yeah, and people don't get this, is that some people think it's a threat to tell a police officer you're going to take it to court. Good. They're I like, get time, right. time and a half. Yeah. They automatically get time and a half. For In a lot of yep. places they will. Mm-hmm. I, I assume that's not the case here. I believe they do get paid extra in New, in New Hampshire. I could wow. be wrong. Police officers will search So they get places. paid time and a half for to defending go to their actions. That's right. Police so officers. the more they, they screw up, the, the better they get paid. Yep. They will search <laughs> places and containers you didn't consent to and later claim they were open or, quote, smelled like marijuana. Yeah, well... Yeah, police officers will threaten you with more serious crime if they can't prove that they can't prove in order to in order to convince you to confess to the lesser crime that they really want you for. And we see that all the time. Yeah, that's standard operating proce- procedure. And this is that's where the prosecutors are, are, are at fault more than the police, because, you know, they're the ones that make the plea deal. The idea is, is to not have to do any work. Ladies and gentlemen, a noble if, goal. If we the the public who employ this system are getting our best labor than everybody would uh, go to trial, right? Like we want to find out who did it and we want to punish the people who did it wrong. But the problem is, is way too many things are illegal. I'm thinking drugs here, people. Um, And that uh, ultimately the prosecutors, they're not intending to take things to trial. They shouldn't be offering deals. Do you want a deal handed to a, a terrible person who's committed the crime no a deal should be for somebody who's see i think you're looking at it at, at promoting this idea the wrong way the question is do you want an innocent person to serve 10 years in jail because they offered him a deal whereas he was facing 35 years i think no. a lot of people are skeptical that an innocent person will take a deal and what i need them you to, nev- you those people have never been under pressure yeah. yeah they've never been under this kind of pressure because basically the question is is look i'll give you one year and one year probation if you sign this right now. But if you take this to trial, it doesn't matter whether you're guilty or innocent. I'm, And you get found guilty. And by the way, two-thirds of the people who go to fel- trial for felonies get found guilty. You take it to trial, get found guilty. You're going for 10 years. What do you want to do right now? Here's the pen. Mm-hmm. And that's the question. And that's how it's put to people. Yep. Again and again and again and again. And, you know, it's the average person will crack. And a lot of times you're dealing with, say, domestic situations. You don't want to put your family member through the problem. Mm. People just want it over with. Right. I'd rather do the two years or whatever it is than um, than put my son through some terrible situation and for 10. And that's what a lot of people think. Police officers will employ zero tolerance on races and ethnicities they dislike and show favor and lenience to members of their own group. Police officers will use intentionally extra painful maneuvers and holds during an arrest to provoke, quote, resistance so they can further assault the suspect. Some police officers will plant drugs and weapons on you, sometimes to teach you a lesson, sometimes if they've killed you somewhere away from public view. Some police officers will assault you to intimidate you and threaten and arrest and threaten to arrest you if you tell anyone. A non-trivial number of remember, he's witnessed this or has heard officers brag about these things, or has done them himself. Some officers will, uh, or excuse me, a non-trivial number of police officers will steal from your house or vehicle during a search. 
That's that's happened a lot where people have a vehicle impounded and then something turns up missing. Well, the only people who had it were the police. A uh, non-trivial number of police officers will commit intimate partner violence and use their status to get away with it. A non-trivial number of police officers use their position to entice, coerce, or force sexual favors from vulnerable people. That happened in uh, in Manchester within the last couple of years. One of our friends here in Keene, uh, JP, who is a police activist, a police accountability activist, was in the midst of facing criminal charges from BS criminal charges. So they claimed that he filed a false report with the police department there. And uh, in the midst of getting discovery on that case, they the prosecutors unearthed accidentally that this officer who was accusing JP of doing this thing actually was indeed using his position to coerce sexual favors from female uh, female like inmates or something like that. There were they found. Text I remember messages. JP telling me about this, but I don't yeah. remember the details. Yeah, it came out in the news too. Like it was it wasn't JP just blowing hot air. He was telling right. the truth uh, about that particular story. And so, again, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That guy just happened to get caught. He happened to, like, the text messages that he was sending to one of these women happened to get shown up in the discovery. So because JP took his thing to trial or was intending to take his thing to trial, they got the discovery. Otherwise, that never would have been unearthed. So uh, we got more coming up here from the former, as he describes himself, former bastard cop. He's got confessions. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. He's got some advice coming up on how to uh, to deal with these situations. We will tell you about that. And you can share your thoughts, your experiences with us, whether it's about the police or whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live Hour 3 is next. Anarcho Vegas 2020 is a conference about changing the world through personal actualization and creation through markets. Get inspired to better yourself and better the world. Speakers include Jim Bell, Larkin Rose, Avins O'Brien, G. Edward Griffin, Walter Block, Amanda Rockwitz, Ernie Hancock, and more. Get your tickets for just $20.20 at anarchovegas.com and use code FTL to save 10% off VIP tickets. July 19th, join Free Talk Live for anarchovegas.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here. Hour number three is where we're at now. We are in the midst of a really interesting and detailed piece. You know, we don't normally spend that much time on one thing here, but uh, this is a really unusual piece written by a former cop, calls himself a former bastard cop. It's Confessions of a Former Bastard Cop. At Medium.com, the author is Officer A.Cab. And we're going to continue with that. With you tonight, though, it's Ian. Mark. Aria. And so after summing up, you know, some of the crazy stuff that happens with the indoctrination of the police in uh, police training, how in the variety of different ways that police tell lies uh, to people just to, uh, you know, get them to obey or trick them into confessions and things like that, uh, going over some of the just absolutely outrageous uh, brainwashing they're doing of the police in the academy, he then gets into takeaways, recommendations from he says, from this, if you take nothing else away from this essay, I want you to tattoo this on your brain forever. If a police officer is telling you something, it is probably a lie designed to gain your compliance. Do not talk to cops and never, ever believe them. Do not, quote, try to be helpful, unquote, with cops. Do not assume they are trying to catch someone else instead of you. Do not assume that what they are doing is important or even legal. 
Under no circumstances assume any police officer is acting in good faith. Also, and this is important, do not talk to cops. I just remembered something. In bold, do not talk to cops. Checking my notes real quick, something jumped out at me. And then he puts in every line, one word per line, do not effing talk to cops ever. Say, I don't answer questions and ask if you're free to leave. Now, he's not an attorney, but as I understand it, that's good That's good advice. Good that suggestion. is good advice. I've heard attorneys giving the same advice. Yeah. Don't, don't answer questions. Yeah. I don't it's answer questions. It's hard not to answer questions that's when you're in that position. That's the best way to do it, though. So that way you are answering by saying, I don't answer questions. So you're still sure. saying okay. something back. Yeah. You still because the the police know you have a a want to speak, right? Like there's this sort of it's a it's a conversation. They're just talking to you, right? Like sure. you want to talk to another human being. It's just sort of a natural thing that humans do. We talk, and so they 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 take advantage of that. So you want to react. You want to say something back. Just say I don't answer questions. Well, even beyond that, when you're in that situation, it's hard to remember that you don't have to answer their questions. Right. As, the, as a matter of fact, the Supreme Court has come out recently. Yeah. The last few uh, few years, years and ago. said that in order to remain silent, you must tell them that you're remaining silent. And Otherwise, saying I don't what? answer questions effectively accomplishes I that. think it does, too. But I just want to make sure that this isn't, uh, uh, you know, this isn't three crazy libertarians giving you no. advice. This is pretty much the advice of every lawyer you're ever going to talk to. Yep. Should I talk to police? No. And the answer is just... No. And look, I'm not trying to say that I hate cops. I don't. But you shouldn't talk to them because it's their job to throw you in jail. I mean, you're there. The criminal is elsewhere. Whomever the criminal is, whoever you think the bad guy is, he's not there. You are. And you're the easy one to arrest. The bad guy's wearing a badge in a lot of cases. I don't know if I'm prepared to say that, but uh, it sounds like it's based on what Officer ACAB here has written. Well, I get why they allow police officers to tell lies. I don't. Okay, I do. Um, it's to try to catch a bad guy doing bad things. You can't uphold justice by being unjust. Well, let me go. Let me go back one step. Remember how we said if police officers weren't enforcing the drug laws in this country, that they were just after rapists and murderers and arsonists, that there wouldn't be a problem today. Like people right. wouldn't be arguing. And nope. I don't want to argue about you, with you about what you think about cops based on the world as it is today when what my argument is, is is that we need to stop the drug war and then you won't have cops. Like, we need to stop the drug war not just for people who do drugs, but for the cops too. Well, that's only one thing, right? They're still going to be going after other people for other BS things. Whatever BS there is that's on the books, there's yeah. going to be plenty of it. But it will be a large factor if that's, they could It's end a large factor. So he says, don't answer, say, I don't answer questions and ask if you're free to leave. If so, leave. If not, tell them you want your lawyer and that per the Supreme Court, they must terminate questioning. If they don't, file a complaint and collect some badges for your mantle. Do the bastards ever help? He asks. Reading the above, you may be tempted. He makes it sound so simple to hold police accountable. Well, it is simple, but it's not easy. Okay. Those are simple recommendations. Sure. And they are effective. Reading the above, you may be, and I would also add record video if you can. Uh, you may be tempted to ask whether cops do anything good, and the answer is sure, sometimes. In fact, most officers I worked with thought they were usually helping the helpless and protecting the safety of innocent people. During my tenure in law enforcement, I protected women from domestic abusers, arrested cold-blooded murderers and child molesters, and comforted families who lost children to car accidents and other tragedies. 
I helped connect struggling people in my community with local resources for food, shelter, and counseling. I de-escalated situations that could have turned violent and talked a lot of people down for making the biggest mistake of their lives. I worked with plenty of officers who were individually kind, bought food for homeless residents, or otherwise showed care for their community. How many um, great acts? I mean, these all sound like great acts, and I'll bet you it's it's not just this guy. It's almost all officers do uh, you know, great acts. Now, how many great acts versus a criminal act is an acceptable ratio? Now, if you were to Are believe... Are you asking me? Because my answer is zero. Right. And I think that that's mm-hmm. what society sees. And I, and I think that that's a bit of a problem, right? Like human beings do bad things. Sure. But you can't have your cops being... The cops have to be above that. I think they should be. Yeah, well, and I think if they're if not they above do, that, they don't have the right to be cops. Well, and if they do a bad thing, they should pay the price, and that's that doesn't happen. They're protected. I think you'll do a lot better by. I think that the you know single biggest thing you can do to fix policing in America is do away with a drug war. Well, right. he's got some other suggestions here in just a moment. He says the question is this: Did I need a gun and sweeping police powers to help the average person on the average night? The answer is no. When I was doing my best work as a cop, I was doing mediocre work as a therapist or social worker. My good deeds were listening to people failed by the system and trying to unite them with any crumbs of resources the structure was currently denying them. It's also important to note that well over 90% of the calls for service I handled were reactive, showing up well after a crime had taken place. We would arrive, take a statement, collect evidence, if any, file the report, and on to the next caper. Most, quote, active crimes that we stopped were someone harmlessly possessing or selling small amounts of drugs. Very, very rarely would we stop something dangerous in progress or stop something from happening entirely. The closest we would usually get was seeing someone running away from the scene of a crime, but the damage was still done. And consider this. My job as a police officer required me to be a marriage counselor, mental health crisis professional, a conflict negotiator, social worker, child advocate, traffic safety expert, a sexual assault specialist, and every once in a while, a public safety officer authorized to use force, all after only a thousand hours of training at a police academy. Does the person we send to catch a robber also need to be the person that we send to interview a rape victim or document a fender bender? Should one profession be expected to do all that important community care with very little training all at the same time? To put this another way, I made double the salary most social workers made to do a fraction of what they could do to mitigate the causes of crimes in desperation. Yeah, I can count very few times that my monopoly on state violence actually made our citizens safer, and even then, it's hard to say better-funded social safety nets and dozens of other community care specialists wouldn't have prevented a problem before it started. Armed, indoctrinated, and dare I say traumatized cops do not make you safer. Community mutual aid networks who can unite other people with the resources they need to stay fed, clothed, and housed make you safer. I really want to hammer this home. Every cop in your neighborhood is damaged by their training, emboldened by their immunity, and they have a gun and the ability to take your life with near impunity. This does not make you safer, even if you're white. So how do you solve a problem like a bastard? And what do we do about it? Even though I'm an expert on bastardism, I'm not a public policy expert nor an expert in organizing post-police society. So before I give some suggestions, let me tell you what probably won't solve the problem of bastard cops. Increased bias training. A quarterly or even monthly training session is not capable of covering over years of trauma-based camaraderie in police forces. I can tell you from experience, we don't take it seriously. The proctors let us cheat on whatever tests there are. 
And we all made fun of it later over coffee. So he's talking about mandatory, like, you know, sensitivity trainings right. and things well, like that. Well, I mean, you know that uh, training they make you take when you get caught for a speed, speeding ticket? Like yeah. once every 10 Total years? BS. Right. Total BS. I mean, how seriously do you take this? I think now uh, they have classes online that you can take. <laughs> you don't even have to be in front of the right. computer. You can just play. Just pay the fee. Spend the time. That's what they want you to do. Uh, more coming up here, 855 450 free. So he's got some ideas. He's going to share them. You can share your thoughts with us too. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We invite you to join us here. The toll free number is 855 450 free, like freedom. That's 855 450 3733. We have the Discord call in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. With you tonight, it's Ian and Mark and Aria. Also, coming up very, very soon, it's going to be Forkfest 2020. Aria, what are you looking forward to? Uh, The entire thing, man. Yeah. yeah. All two weeks of it? All two weeks of it, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a lunatic like that. I'm like, hey, yeah, why not? Let's go spend two weeks in the rugged mountains where even the motel room is not very luxurious. It isn't, but that's but okay. It is. It I mean, that's sleeping the on the point. ground. It does. It does indeed. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, it's the, a lot of fun. The culture, the communities there, it's, it's fantastic. That's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, you can go to ForkFest.Party. You can learn more about the event. We've been promoting it as June 29th until July 5th, and that's, I think, what most people are going to consider to be the pure ForkFest week. But it now has expanded because the Porcupine Freedom Festival sort of cut back their festival, so now both festivals can exist at the same time. So some people are going to start celebrating ForkFest on June 22nd at Rogers Campground. Uh, but again, the, the main week will be June 29th through July 5th. Over at Rogers Campground, you can go to uh, give them a call and reserve your either campsite or RV site or your motel room. It is up to you, and I think it's going to be a great event. I Maybe it'll end up being bigger than last year. I really don't know what to expect, uh, whether it's going to be bigger or about the same size, but it will be a good time. And there are a number of people who are planning on coming out to it, including first-timers, people who've never been uh, to ForkFest before. So if you can come on out join us you definitely should do that it's a decentralized libertarian camping festival there's no organizers you just kind of do your own thing whatever that is that you want to do maybe you just want to kind of hang out and camp with other people that's cool or maybe you want to create something for other people to experience so aria i know that you and captain kickass and um, i think it was michael are putting together a band we are and, and we're going to be your first fork performance fest. yes we'll be will at be fork a- fest and it will also be fork fest's first performance that's true so first live musical performance in the four years uh that fork fest has happened but, so. i mean now somebody's going to bring an acoustic guitar and like beat us to it just to do it you know maybe Forkfest.party, go there, learn more as we go back to the former cop, former bastard cop, as he describes himself. He's obviously sorry for what he's done. He's trying to make things as right as he can after the fact by talking some truth, specifically about what is not going to solve the problem of bad cops. He points out more of this mandatory sensitivity bias training. He says the cops think it's BS. They don't take it seriously. Tougher laws? says, that's not going to work. I hope you understand by now, cops do not follow the law and will not hold each other accountable to it. Tougher laws are all the more reason to circle the wagons and protect your brothers and sisters. Meaning your thin blue line. More community policing programs. He says, yeah, there's a marginal effect when a few cops get to know members of the community. But look at the protests of 2020. Many of the cops pepper spraying journalists were probably the nice school cop a month ago. 
Police officers do not protect and serve people. They protect and serve the status quo, polite society, and private property. Using the incremental mechanisms of the status quo will never reform the police because the status quo relies on police violence to exist. And then he gets political here. He says capitalism requires a permanent underclass to exploit for cheap labor, and it requires the cops to bring that underclass to heel. Instead of wasting time with minor tweaks, I recommend exploring the following ideas. Wait a second. Does the underclass work in the United States? I mean, and the lowest quintile, when you're talking about lowest quintile of earners in the United States, you take 325 million people and you take 20% of them. Of those people, are they working? Well, uh, there's a good chunk of that 325 million who are not working at all. Period. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I think that his his claim that uh, capitalism requires underclass to be exploited and that we are socializing the policing of that underclass to to, to to themselves, right? Like this nonsense. This this is a bunch of gobbledygook here. Well, it was right? one sentence. I understand, <laughs> but this is where it all comes from. Is is that? Uh, well, no, I I think you know he this said, is he said this a is lot the of mindset that, of the that people are... that are rolling the TVs out of a burning target, and this is what justifies this crap. He said a lot of things in there that are going to upset the left by pointing out that you know you're, being white won't protect you from the cops killing you. I mean, he said that specifically, and he put quotes around social contracts. So there's been a lot to like, and then and he did call yeah. the police right rightfully the monopoly on violence. I mean, he's been spot on on almost all of what he said here. I mean, those statements um, are going to upset the left. So he's kind of got to throw these statements out there, whether he believes them or not. To well, plus placate people the have left. different beliefs about what capitalism sure. even means. I don't know what it really even means. So. Well, capitalism well, clearly. It doesn't require a, an exploited underclass because the exploited underclass in the United States is exploiting you. It would liquidate <laughs> the underclass. It would give them jobs and there would no longer be an exploited underclass. That's how the free market would handle if it. If it was a free market. A lot of these people think jobs are exploitation. Well, yeah, there, there's some special people out there. Well, Mark. let me get into his recommendations. <laughs> all right. So he said he already said what won't work. OK. And now he's going to say what he thinks would work. No more qualified immunity. Good. Police officers should be personally liable for all decisions they make in the line of duty. Agree. All right. And uh, the same, I think they should be liable in the same way that, say, a beer truck distri- distributor guy um, is liable for his actions on the uh, on the job. So, I mean, you know, like if he gets into an accident, you can not only sue him, but you can sue the beer truck, the beer company, too. Now, does this work with other companies like at the other place that uh, which I work? Let's not mention it. If. Mm-hmm. If I was to do something illegal or assault someone, would the company be held liable or could I be sued individually? Obviously, an attorney would say, no, sue the company because they have more money, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But could they even attempt to sue me personally for it? Well, yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so you, would uh, we get the choice about whether or not to sue the police department or the individual cop? You would have that choice and you could do both if there were no qualified I'm not, immunity. I'm not hearing a a downside to this yeah get rid of qualified immunity no there's not a downside to it this is a good idea no more civil asset forfeiture that's point number two totally agree and we're seeing some reforms in that area in some states free talk live has been saying this for years civil asset forfeiture is basically just a criminal activity he says do you know that every year citizens like you lose more cash and property to unaccountable civil asset forfeiture than to all burglaries combined yeah i didn't know that but i believe it the police can steal your stuff without charging you with a crime, and it makes some police departments very rich. Yes. And I think that that's the, another thing we need to do is stop letting police departments increase their bottom line 
through the actions through their that actions, they take. Yeah. One of the things I like about New Hampshire is that a local cop who hand, is less likely to hand you a ticket because if he does give you a ticket, the money goes to the state. And they don't see a dime in the local right, The local municipality doesn't see it. So at the very least, you get the impression when a local cop hands you a ticket, he meant it. Because he's not getting the money. Whereas Waldo, Florida had its police department shut down because they were basically a for-profit organization. Totally funding everything through ticket writing in that case. Uh, Break the power of police unions. Point number three. He says police unions make it nearly impossible to fire bad cops and incentivize protecting them to protect the power of the union. Yep. A police union is not a labor union. Police officers are powerful state agents, not exploited workers. Right. I don't think there should be any public sector unions. I'm sure this guy won't go that far, and that's not what this article is about. But, but he's right there. Hell, FDR didn't like public, public sector unions. And I will agree with this. I'm generally a fan of unions, but public sector unions, that's a different story. And police unions are the worst of the worst. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. He's got two more recommendations to how to try to try to make this crazy system a little bit better. Uh, 855-450-FREE is our number. You can join us on the radio. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with any pay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733. Mark, it's important to advertise even in an economic downturn, right? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, There's a really great story about Wrigley's gum and what they did during World War II. They couldn't get the materials to make gum. You would think if they weren't going to be able to make gum for a series of years that they don't know how long it's going to be, they'd stop advertising. But... Wrigley didn't think that was a good idea. He wanted to keep the market share that he had. And what it turned out was he basically conquered gum for decades after that because he not How many other gum manufacturers can you think of? I'd hubba bubba, but any of these might be uh, owned by Wrigley's and I don't know, (laughs) right? Um, I I, I don't know. Hubba bubba's a brand, right? Wrigley's- it's a like it's a make a as opposed to a model right? or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, make it's a model as opposed to a make. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, this it just goes to show how important branding is during times like this. Wrigley's went on to make advertisements saying, "Hey, we can't make gum right now, but we will. And when we're back, just understand we've been supporting our soldiers overseas." You know, just basically said it. Now, some people might consider that exploitative, but it's really just informative. Mm-hmm. There really was gum going to soldiers, um, and you know they were using the others for make t- other gum to make tires and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean that's what they had to do, and they did it with a plob, and they were rewarded for decades. 
So if you would want to do some advertising with Free Talk Live, we're offering you know certain offers, and they could in- reach out to you through your manager, it's yeah, Matthew it, at freetalklive.com. Yeah, the easiest way is just go through Matthew at freetalklive.com. You could send me an email at mark at freetalklive.com that I will then forward to Matthew. Right. Um, as I see, you know, I'll CC Matthew as I thank you for uh, contacting me if you want. And people do want to do that because I've did that job for so long. But Matthew is doing a good job. So very good. So there you go. Uh, we're going to go to Dave Ridley. He's on our Discord server, and we'll get some more advice from this former cop who's got some ideas as to how to shape shape him up a little bit. Go ahead, uh, Ridley. Hey guys, I just got back from a Black Lives Matter demonstration here in Winchester. Really? You know, kind of, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it attracted about sixty people, I think. Okay. And uh, the most interesting thing I saw at this uh, demonstration was that the police chief attended without, and did it without a mask. How about that? That's... I don't know how common that is, you know, for both of those things to happen. Um, and uh, the other thing that was interesting to me was just that it, it all seemed a little bit less strident than I would have expected. It was a little bit more tolerant than I would have expected. Hmm. I tried I tried to go and ask the toughest questions I could think of, uh, and everyone was very receptive. Uh, they didn't, no one got angry at me for trying to ask relatively Tough hard questions. questions. Well, that's good to know. Um, I, I've been to a few of these events myself, and I did see the police come to the Keene event, and they were holding signs that said, uh, we hear you, which is, of course, different than saying we are listening to you and far different than saying we're going to change. Um, but, you know, it was a nice gesture on their part and probably a very smart move towards de-escalation. So I'll give them credit for that. The other thing that's consistently on my mind as this stuff goes forward is that, you know, one of the problems in, in Bosnia was that ethnicity was tied to political party, right? And so you had political movements that were connected too closely to polit- political parties, and, and one was almost synonymous with the other. And that is something I don't like about a political movement that has an ethnic name right in right in the top, right? I mean, hmm. if if you're if you're naming a political movement after an ethnicity, that's usually a red flag. Uh, but nevertheless, you got to believe what you see, not what you hear. And I was really impressed with this Black Lives Matter support demonstration. Very cool. Thanks for the report. I'm sure we'll see video hitting your channel over at RidleyReport.com. It's trickling out. I'm so backlogged on video. I have so You've much interesting video. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm tri- trickling it out as fast as I can. Very good. Thanks, Dave. Keep up the great work. Appreciate it. That's Dave Ridley uh, doing great uh, on the ground, man on the ground, independent uh, journalism here in New Hampshire. So back to the recommendations from the former bastard cop. He's got three big points out already. No qualified immunity. Get rid of that crap. No more civil asset forfeiture. Get rid of that and break the power of police unions. Point number four. Now, these are, again, how to change the existing monopoly on violence to make it less awful. Uh, require malpractice insurance. Doctors must pay for insurance in case they botch a surgery. Police officers should do the same for botching a police raid or any other use of force. If human decency won't motivate police to respect human life, perhaps hitting their wallet might. Now, departments have insurance, which are paid for by taxpayers. Yeah. So he's suggesting the officers individually should also have insurance. This isn't just doctors. This is a lot of careers need to be bonded in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Now, when departments uh, get 
their insurance, it's amortized out over all the police officers. And that may be a better thing financially, but um, really what you want to do, if you want to get rid of the bad apples, is you want to make people have their own insurance because the insurance company will then say at some point, you're no longer certified to be a police officer. We're not protecting you anymore. And because if that's the case, they're they're going to be fired. Also, if the police officers have their own insurance, then it'll be a significantly easier to report an officer as opposed to a department. Right now, what we've seen uh, here on Free Talk Live, we reported on this multiple times, is is that it's very difficult to report somebody. Mm-hmm. The police will pretend like they reported them. Right. And they don't then, want to report their buddies. Right. They're not going to go to their insurance company and say, hey, we're a bigger risk. <laughs> right. Would you? <laughs> And then uh, his uh, not not well penultimate point here: defund, demilitarize, and disarm the cops. Thousands of police departments own assault rifles, armored personnel carriers, and stuff you'd see in a war zone. Police officers have grants and huge budgets to spend on guns, ammo, body armor, and combat training. 99% of calls for service require no armed response. Yet when all you have is a gun, every problem feels like target practice. Cities are not safer when unaccountable bullies have a monopoly on state violence and the equipment to execute that monopoly. Gotta say, I agree with all five of those uh, points. He's got one more. One final idea. Consider abolishing the police. I know what you're thinking. What? We need the police. That's not what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who did it for nearly a decade, I need you to understand that by and large, police protection is marginal, incidental. It's an illusion created by decades of copaganda. That's a new one. That's funny. Designed to fool you into thinking these brave men and women are holding back the barbarians at the gates. That's what the whole thin blue line concept is. At least that's the way they present it publicly. We know that what it is is a gang symbol. But they present it as though, we're the thin blue line protecting society from the criminals. The criminal hordes. I alluded to this above, he writes. The vast majority of calls for service I handled were theft reports, burglaries reports, Domestic arguments that hadn't escalated into violence, loud parties, uh, homeless people loitering, traffic collisions, very minor drug possession, and arguments between neighbors. Mostly the mundane ups and downs of life in the community, with little inherent danger. And like I mentioned, the vast majority of crimes I responded to, even violent ones, had already happened. My unaccountable license to kill was irrelevant. What I mainly provided was an objective, quote, third party with the authority to document property damage, ask people to chill out or disperse, or counsel people not to beat each other up. A trained counselor or conflict resolution specialist would be ten times more effective than someone with a gun strapped to his hip, wondering if anyone would try to kill him when he showed up. There, were many, there are many models for community safety that can be explored if we get away from the idea that the only way to be safe is to have a man with an M4 rifle prowling your neighborhood, ready at a moment's notice, to write down your name and birthday after you've been robbed and beaten. You might be asking, what about the armed robbers, the gangsters, the drug dealers, the serial killers? And yes, in the city I worked, I regularly broke up gang parties, found gang members carrying guns, and handled homicides. I've seen some tragic things, from a reformed gangster shot in the head with his brains oozing out, to a 15-year-old boy taking his last breath in his screaming mother's arms thanks to a gang member's bullet. I know the wages of violence. And this is where we have to have the courage to ask, why do people rob? Why do they join gangs? Why do they get addicted to drugs or sell them? It's not because they're inherently evil. I submit to you that these are the results of living in a capitalist system. He goes on here. We'll tell you more about that. Uh, coming up in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. 
But his reforms, I gotta say, he's spot on with uh, those suggestions. Yeah, I can argue with them. If you're gonna keep a police state, that's uh, those are some important ideas. There's more coming up here. This is free. Free Talk Live. If you've got thoughts you want to share, you can join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In what has been a mostly very informative and very interesting story written by a former cop calling himself a former bastard cop confessions therein, he gets a little utopian towards the end after some great ideas on some things that could be done immediately, like ending qualified immunity, breaking up police unions, requiring individual malpractice insurance, no more civil asset forfeiture, and defunding, demilitarizing, and disarming the police. He then goes on, and I'm going to skip most of this sort of utopian stuff where he gets into you know, the question of, well, why is crime happen? It's because people are in bad circumstances for the most part, right? Like, they're just responding to that. So what if well, we Well, that's have- almost self-evident, right? Yeah, but so then he talks about, well, what if it's, we have all It just all wasn't these- capitalism that made it happen. Well, I also would go so far as to say, as somebody who went from the lowest socioeconomic class in America, which is a convict, mm-hmm. um, you know, like- Yes, I had some advantages in that I had a loving family that would help take care of me a little bit um, getting out, but I had to go get a job. And it's not like, you know, it's not like they gave me a million dollars or something like that. I had to go from the lowest class to the middle class. I think anybody can do it. It's not easy, but it's simple. Sure. It's a simple answer. Don't spend money. If you save your money, then you will go from the lowest class to the middle class. And all you have to do is, you know. Well, it's not just a matter of not spending their money. You know, they they can spend money, but their expenses cannot meet or exceed their income. And for most people, it does. Yes. And that's how they end up in debt that they can never pay. And they're not trained on how to handle money. They don't teach that in school. No, they're too busy teaching us freaking algebra and other crap that we're never going to need. 60% of Americans can't put their hands on $1,000. I don't know if I'd want to be middle class in that case. What I want to do is I want to have my house paid off. Whether it's a, a palace or a cottage, I'd rather I want it paid off. So then he gets into, you know, how do you make people's lives better? And then he gets, this is why I say he gets a little utopian about, well, let's just take care of everybody's needs, free, you know, free health care, et cetera, et yeah, cetera. Yeah. And He's a Bernie bro. It's not going to probably pan out the way he thinks that it will. Uh, and so he wraps up his essay here from medium.com. And I will post this, by the way, on our Twitter at twitter.freetalklive.com, on our Mastodon at toot.freetalklive.com, and our Telegram channel at telegram.freetalklive.com. He says, to any cops who've made it this far down, this is almost the end here, is this really the world you want to live in? Aren't you tired of the trauma, the soul sickness inherent to the badge? Tired of looking the other way when your partners break the law? Are you really wanting to kill the next George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, or Tamir Rice? How confident are you that your next use of force will be something you're proud of? I'm writing this for you, too. It's wrong what our training did to us. It's wrong that they hardened our hearts to our communities, and it's wrong to pretend this is normal. Look, I wouldn't have been able to hear any of this for much of my life. You reading this now may not be able to hear this yet either. But do me this one favor. Just think about it. Just turn over in your mind for a couple of minutes. Yes, and me for a minute. Look around you and think about the kind of world you want to live in. Is it one where an all-powerful stranger with a gun keeps you and your neighbors in line with a fear of death? 
Or can you picture a world where, as a community, we embrace our most vulnerable, meet their needs, heal their wounds, honor their dignity, and make them family instead of desperate outsiders? If you take only three... I don't like either one of those. Well... If yeah, but one you're was, antisocial. If one were voluntary, want, like, then it wouldn't be a problem. Right. If taking care of our most vulnerable is going to just simply create more vulnerable people, if it, if doing less and well, I getting don't know. something I mean, for if you're it, taking care of a crippled man, I don't think you're going to make <laughs> more vulnerable people by doing that. There are people literally out there that are dropping acid in their eyes because they consider themselves to be trans blind. I mean, there's not a lot of them. But oh, yeah, exist. I remember we talked about that. It's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so he says... I mean, he, don't you think they're getting a government check? So anyway, he, uh, he wraps up by saying, if you take only three things away from this essay, I hope the third is that you and your community don't need bastards to thrive. And the first thing, by the way, was don't talk to the police. So there you go. <laughs> uh, that's the guy. He is the former cop. We'll again post that on our social media. You can see the whole thing there. Mark, you've got some additional suggestions from libertarians at reason.com as to how to defund the police what do you got in mind yeah um this is a rather long article so i'm going to just fly through it we don't have much time here uh number one if you don't account for revenue from fines fees forfeiture this can all backfire if um against the poor a city's general fund isn't always the sole source of a police department's funding in los angeles the general fund accounts for about six billion of the city's 10.5 billion dollar budget In any number of police departments across the country, their budgets are bolstered by money from fees and fines Mm -hmm. paid when somebody is arrested for a crime. Many police departments are also able to keep some or even all of the money or property they seize from people they arrest. Asset, civil asset and criminal asset forfeiture. That's the other aspect that he didn't touch on. But criminal aspect, criminal asset forfeiture should, of course, only be reserved for real crimes when, in fact, you know, selling drugs should not count. That should not be a crime. Number two, police employee pension commitments are crushing your budgets. While it's tempting Mm. to see these militarized police forces and think that we're spending too much of our tax money on riot gear, pepper spray, armored vehicles, Mm -hmm. the reality is that the money is just a small part of the department's budget. That's a great point. It's visible. You can see the Bearcat rolling down the street. So that's something that people are more likely to talk about. But what he's saying here is it's actually the pension funds that are a huge ballooning cost. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I believe that up here, at least, I don't know if it's as consistent across departments around the country, but I'm pretty sure they pay 90% of whatever the cop's final yearly salary was. And a lot of times it's the final yearly salary or sometimes an average of the final three yearly salaries. But mm-hmm. whatever it is, the police understand that the police that are looking to retire, they're getting the extra hours, the overtime, the, the these sorts of things. They pad this uh, scenario because right. they know they want it done for them. And so their last three years, they're the ones getting the overtime and stuff. And that way their their pension is that much larger. Yeah. And that's why you'll see a lot of the uh, the cops will quit or they'll retire rather after they become a chief. You know, so they'll they'll hit the uh, the pay grade increase and then they'll retire shortly after that. They don't stick around if they've got their 20 years in. They only stick around long enough to get the next pay grade increase. Then they retire so they can get 90 percent of the uh, the increased amount rather than what they were getting number three what laws regulations and taxes are you willing to give up all of them 
Yeah. Well, one thing libertarians <laughs> have in common with many urban leftists is a desire to eliminate laws that criminalize what people consensually consume or otherwise do with their bodies. But while we should legalize drugs, prostitution, and other vices, that isn't all that uh, serious police reform uh, requires. Eric Garner died at the hands of the New York cops, in part due to suspicions that he was holding and selling Lucy's, black market loose cigarettes, and that cities' black market for cigarettes exists entirely due to the city's high taxes and government-mandated price floor. Totally. Yeah. The the uh, the busy little not-in-my-backyard nanny state leftists are the ones who killed Eric Garner. The cops are just the one who throttled him. Well, a lot of it also has to do with underage smokers. You know, they, they can't buy right, a pack so of cigarettes. So they go to the black market. So they buy a Lucy. That's what I did. It was 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a dollar. Wasn't it a dollar when he, when he was selling in New York City? <laughs> has to be more than a dollar there, right? Because isn't it like... In New York, I imagine it was pretty expensive. It's got to be like two bucks for a Lucy there. But I mean, they were making $15 profit off a pack when I was a teenager smoking, right? There, you're going to pay $15 for a pack. You're paying yeah, almost York, a dollar yeah. a cigarette. In Why New not York just City? vape? Because you can't vape if you're under 18 either. <laughs> well, it's a hell of a lot easier to get the equipment. And, and you Is can vape it? for a lot longer on a, on a cigarette. Is uh, it? Because then you're not buying... Lucy's off a guy on the street. You have to find a friend, Somebody a trusted who wants to go in and person buy who's willing you. to do this illegal thing for you. I mean, they can find it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. If, you, if you're in I high school. Get, it's probably easier to get alcohol as a 17-year-old than it is to get When I was a, a kid, we walked in and bought cigarettes, all right? So I don't know we what this is like. Stores. Um, but I'll say this. When it came to liquor, I couldn't really get it on my own. So I'd just find people to do it for mm-hmm. me. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't very hard for me. I suppose it's harder for others. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I found liquor I will to be say, easier to acquire than tobacco. I will say this, though, is, is I probably would have preferred to drink beer or wine coolers, but I got liquor because it was compact. Mm-hmm. A yep. bottle of vodka I could put in my backpack. A case of beer, I couldn't. Yeah, it's hard to conceal that. It's certainly, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine clopping along sooner or later while the pops top? <laughs> All right, so uh, that's your story for tonight. Check out uh, more of Aria. Plug a website, Aria. What do you got? Off the top of my head? Yeah. I don't have one. You don't have a website? I mean, I have the ReformSatanicChurch.com, but I mean, it's not finished. Wait, was it the Reformed? No, it's ReformSatanicChurch.com. Reformed Satanic Church. I hope it's real reformed. It is. You're running for office. We should have mentioned that. Oh, yes, I am. We should have mentioned that. Yeah, for people who actually are sick of the police system and want change, hey, I don't intend to do the job. (laughs) Vote for the Satanist. (laughs) Vote for the Satanist tranny in the room who will not be the sheriff if elected. (laughs) I just wanted to be on the radio. What's your sheriff (laughs) website? Do you have that one up? Uh, not yet. You I still own the domain name, though, okay. so there's right. that. Coming soon. Coming soon. We'll let you know when that's available. Meanwhile, you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Did you know you can support freedom of speech just by visiting shop.freetalklive.com? You'll see links to Walmart, Love Java, Newegg, and more. Every day, Free Talk Live is at the forefront of the liberty movement as the biggest liberty-oriented talk show in the world, giving you a platform to be heard on any topic. Get listener-only specials without doing anything other than an extra click. Visit shop.freetalklive.com. Use the links and buy what you'd be buying anyway. Take action now. Save and support freedom. Visit shop.freetalklive.com. It's shop.freetalklive.com. Attention gardeners, if you need to grow nutritionally dense vegetables or medicinal herbs this year, listen, because a bioactive superfood for plants is now available. This all-natural superfood for plants is so effective at producing maximum plant growth in minimum time that it almost forces plants to grow, even under the worst light and soil conditions. It's called Proto-Grow, and it's truly remarkable. 
vegetables grow faster and contain more bioavailable vitamins and trace minerals. Plants that rarely bloom will flower constantly. Sickly plants become vibrantly alive. Medicinal herbs become super potent. Flowers become more vivid right before your very eyes. Protogrow also improves the taste quality of all your garden vegetables. That's because it's more than just an all-natural superfood for plants. It's a proprietary blend of bioactive sea nutrients that contain the basic building blocks of life itself, which is why Protogrow even renews your garden by increasing the microorganisms in the soil. Learn more at growlikecrazy.com. That's growlikecrazy.com. Get special pricing for network listeners right now at growlikecrazy.com. 